0: And good day. Welcome to an employment law show. Indeed, John Scholes here and Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. If you're part of the good listenership in Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. So, uh, you know, thanks for coming along and hanging out with us for uh, for the day. As just mentioned, you want to call through, you want to ask some questions, you can do so 1-877-399-9898. You have the option of sending along an email if you prefer that. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and there's always a website for you to use anytime. It is free. It is anonymous. It's a place for you to ask some questions and learn a lot more as well, and also check out the severance pay calculator, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We are set to go. we got lots of stuff on the show today to cover in between the uh, phone calls, so feel free to uh, pick up a phone and start dialing right now. We'll get to very common questions that Leor gets every day, if not multiple times a day, so these are things you're going to wonder about yourself, guaranteed, so stay tuned for those. But we always start the, uh, the daily or with the week that was, a couple matters you got cooking. What's, what's happening today? Johnny, great to be here. Actually feeling good tonight, feeling like we're uh,
1: about to have a good show. A lot of uh, questions it. I'm hoping to answer. So if you're listening right now, maybe you're on your way home from uh, a weekend away and uh, you're in traffic, you're listening to us. But you may have a question about your workplace rights. You're getting ready to go back to work tomorrow. You don't know what to do, what to say whatever the issue, whatever the question, call us right now on the show. I'm live here to answer your questions so that you're not left out in the dark, so you understand just how good our employment laws are across Canada. So if you have a, an issue with respect to vaccination, being let go, put on a leave of absence, harassment, constructive dismissal, whatever that issue you may be struggling with, I promise you there's solutions, there's answers, and there's things that you can do and that's exactly why we're here uh, to answer questions and of course you want to talk to me privately you don't necessarily want to just talk on air easy we'll give you my contact information throughout the show so that we can do just that but as, as John said a couple situations that came across my desk now John both of these situations I'm going to tell you about uh, are situations where people are often not offered severance despite legally being owed severance and these are fairly common situations, and I dealt both of them this week. So the first one I'll tell you about had to do with uh, an in-home caregiver, a nanny. She had worked with the same family for about six years, uh, she took care of the children, and as children do, they eventually got older, and at some point the family decided that they're not going to require the, the caregiver anymore. Makes perfect sense. They gave her four weeks' notice, and they said, so long, Farewell no mention no indication of severance whatsoever so i spoke to her actually uh, uh her uh, her brother connected me uh, with her and let's be very clear here even an in-home caregiver it's a job like any other of course she is owed severance i assessed her as being owed anywhere from six to eight months of severance so she's going to deal with the company or with the, with the family but if they're not going to pay severance, I'm going to get involved. But it's a reminder there. If you have an in-home caregiver, you have severance obligations to them. If you are a caregiver, you have severance entitlements. It, the fact that you're not working for a company, you work for a family does not change that reality. The law applies the same way. Whether you work for a company or a Fortune 500 uh, company, doesn't matter. You're still going to be based on uh, severance is going to be based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. And John, I've seen this happen dozens of times with caregivers. It's wrong. They're owed severance.
0: Is, does it matter if they're not hired through a, a company or an agency? If it's just you know a one ad or a kijiji ad, and you have this person in your house for four or five years, you know, doing exactly that, does that make a difference or no?
1: it does not make a difference whether uh-huh. they're hired through an agency whether they're hired directly the reality is it's actually simple if you if someone has a job and they lose that job they're getting severance unless they're part of a union which is a different thing but they get severance and in this case John not even a question after 6 years uh, and especially with with covid it's not necessarily going to yeah. be easy to find another caregiver position in home not everyone wants to have people mm-hmm. uh, in home right now during covid that may mean even more severance so, very important to remember that.
0: Lior did mention, uh, you know, reaching out to uh, to uh, to him or a member of his team anytime when the show is not happening. It's uh, simple 1 855 821 5900. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, feel free to give us a call and chat about uh, a matter that's concerning you. You may be calling for a friend or a colleague. No problem. 1 399 9898. That's toll free, of course. What else is cooking, pal?
1: So I mentioned uh, that often with caregivers, kind of severance is forgotten. Well, Mm -hmm. that's nothing. You know the the area, and you know this, John, the area where severance is always forgotten for some reason is construction.
0: Construction, yep.
1: So I spoke with a gentleman uh, this uh, week who had worked in construction. He'd been with the same small employer for about 20 years, and that employer decided to retire to close down shop, and obviously this person was left without a job and no mention of severance and he believed and his employer believed that well construction means no severance one of the most common misconceptions in employment law that those in construction don't get severance wrong 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 not only do you get severance if you're in construction you get the same amount of severance as everyone else calculated in the same way so for this person, he'd owed right around 18 months of pay, one and a half years of pay. Well, when he thought and his employer thought he's owed nothing, and I'm going to get involved and I'm going to get this resolved for him in the next few weeks, but I wanted to mention this here as a reminder to everyone, and, and people have a hard time grasping this. It's almost assumed that if you're in construction, you don't get severance. That is wrong. It couldn't be more wrong. So whether you work in construction, it doesn't matter what you do in construction, if you had a job and you lost that job, you are owed severance. Of course, we're talking, and pretty much everything we talk about on this show, really, we're talking uh, non-union. If you're a union, it's different. But if you're not part of a union, yes, you're going to get severance. And the other thing I want to remind everyone when it comes to severance is the fact that you may have worked somewhere for a short period of time, maybe only a few months, that does not mean that your severance is nothing. In fact, even after a few months, you could be owed several months severance. You could have worked somewhere for six months and be owed four, five, or six months of severance. So what do you do if you lost your job? You're not sure? You give me a call. You send me an email. Let's have that chat. Chances are you're owed significant amounts.
0: Let's clarify something you mentioned there when you mentioned that uh, particular case, and that is that the the construction company or decide to to shut her down, pack pack it up. Now, that's different as far as severance as opposed to him going bankrupt, right?
1: Absolutely. So bankruptcy is kind of the, the kiss of death, if you will, when it comes to severance and pretty much all other entitlements. If the company is legitimately bankrupt, in other words, it's not that they don't have money, but they filed for bankruptcy. They're under bankruptcy protection. In that situation, unfortunately, employees are not going to get severance or they may get a few pennies on the dollar. Uh, the, the company can't can't pay it. They have a secured debt that they have to pay by law first, so they're not going to be able to pay. But the company shutting down is very different than that. Even a company uh, shutting down because they don't have money is very different than bankruptcy. So don't ever assume that just because the company shut shut its doors, it doesn't have to pay you severance or it can't pay you severance. Bankruptcy is one thing. Everything else, you're going to be owed severance.
0: Does it make a difference for construction employees that, for instance, I mean, I guess geographically it depends on what region you're in. If you work for a company that, that paves roads and you you know generally don't work in the middle of the winter, tough to pave roads in the middle of winter, and uh, you get let go then, is that different if you're seasonal?
1: So if you're a seasonal worker, then no, you, you get laid off off-season yeah. and then are brought back with uh, the beginning of the season. Right. So let's say you've been doing that for a while. But let's say this year the company decides we're not going to bring you back. Well, at that point, your employment is terminated and you're owed severance. So yeah, it's okay to be laid off uh, at the end of the season if your job is seasonal. Not everyone's construction job is seasonal, but some people's job is, and that's okay. But if you're not called back anymore when you expected to, when you've been called back in the past, that becomes a termination, and at that point, severance must be paid.
0: That is the number. Feel free to call us, ready to pick up and talk to you. It's a popular show. It's stuff you need to know and what affects your work life, eight hours a day, give or take, for oh, about 35, 40 years. So you got to get your ducks in a row when it comes to employment law knowledge. This is the easiest route to do that. Make that phone call. Send an email and get your questions answered as mentioned toll free 18773999898 whether you're in BC or Alberta bring it on we'd love to talk to you Leor is uh, is set to go very common questions that Leor gets every day Leor I'm going to I'm going to uh just tee up these first two questions and I'm thinking maybe 3 400% increase in this question you get every day <laughs> since the, since the pandemic started right
1: Yeah, oftentimes, uh, you know, especially now during the pandemic, I get a lot of questions surrounding, obviously, COVID and layoffs and vaccines. So, yeah, a lot of these questions are questions that that I wouldn't necessarily have gotten before COVID. Some of them are COVID specific, but I think we're going to cover a lot of topics, including those that are, are just generally applicable even without COVID.
0: And uh, by the way, after the show, if you want to reach out to Lior, you can do so for more of a private conversation. One eight five five eight First one is this very common question. Can my employer, Leor, fire me or put me on an unpaid leave if I don't get vaccinated? Well, the answer
1: to that is always yes. And the reason for no. that is you cannot physically stop your employer from letting you go. So, you know, I, I, I always get confused when people ask me, can my employer let me go because whatever? Well, of course they can, right? Because you can never stop them. Uh, It's it's the question of what do they owe you as a result? I think the real question is, can my employer let me go for cause if I don't get vaccinated? In other words, can they let you go without severance if you choose not to be vaccinated? And the answer to that is no, they cannot. So if you ultimately don't get vaccinated and your employer chooses to let you go, they can do that, but they have to pay you severance. That's a without-cause termination. They have to pay you your full severance, which could be as much as two years' pay, depending on a few factors. So that's the key to remember. The same thing, by the way, happens if you're put on an unpaid leave of absence. That is not something that an employer can just do if you're put on a leave of absence, you can choose to treat that leave as a termination. And then again, that's a termination without cause, you're owed severance at that point. So that's the real situation here. There's no way to prevent a termination from happening. So if you're being given this ultimatum, get a vaccine by this date, or we're letting you go, well, you have to understand that if you don't get the vaccine, you will be let go, you will lose your job. You're going to be owed severance. Now your employer... May tell you otherwise. They may say, if you don't get the vaccine, we're going to let you go without any compensation. I'm telling you, they can't do that. They're going to owe you severance, but you have to decide whether that's something you are comfortable with. If you lose your job, if you're put on an unpaid leave, you want to talk to me as soon as possible.
0: Does it make a difference if your employer is being forced to you by the government for a mandate?
1: So, in some situations, currently very limited, uh, there are government mandates that, that apply. If your employer is mandated by the government, To have you vaccinated, at that point they can let you go without severance. So if you work for an employer that uh, doesn't make doesn't have a choice, maybe they they want you to be vaccinated, maybe they don't. Doesn't matter, they don't have a choice. If your employer has no choice, then they can let you go without uh, any compensation. You know, we've we've all heard about the the truckers and and uh, the, the the demonstrations that they're going on. One of the things with truckers, for example, is there's a government mandate. So if you're a trucker Uh, your employer has to have you uh, be vaccinated or you can't cross the border. In that situation, if the trucker loses their job, they're not going to be owed any severance. But for most other people, if you lose your job because of your employer's choice, they're going to have to
0: pay you your full severance. The number toll free 1-877-399-9898 to have a conversation. Daryl, thank you so much for, first of all, taking the time to grab a phone and standing by for a couple of minutes while we get to you. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Good, sir. What's on your mind?
2: Uh, I got a couple questions, but if I can get rid of this one, uh, we'll go from there. Um, So I'm a truck driver in a way. Uh, I do have a class run, and I do drive big truck, but I don't normally go, uh, you know, long hauls and stuff like that. Uh, My company is telling me I'm federally, or they're federally regulated, and they pay me no more overtime until I've accumulated 60 60 hours in that week. Um, And then I know of a friend who gets paid after, I think it's 40 or 42 hours, and he's federally run. Is it up to the discretion of my company, or is there a rule?
1: So it is the 60 hours, so some companies can choose to be more, more generous than that, if you will. But in terms of what they have to, yes, in in, in most situations when you're federally regulated, it is going to be that that 60 hours. Uh, So you can't necessarily compare between company to company. Some companies can have rules that are different as long as they're not less generous, as long as they're more generous, they can do that.
2: Okay, can I ask one more question?
0: You bet,
1: sure. If
2: I'm I'm hired on and they tell me that, and in this industry truckers do get safety bonuses, if they tell me um, that I would get safety bonuses quarterly or annually, and then without notice they take all that away, is that a legal thing?
1: So, is it a situation where you've gotten them before and then they just stop paying into you? That's right. So, uh, and how much money are we talking about in terms of a percentage of your total compensation, roughly?
2: All I can say is 250 quarterly is for bonuses, and they can reduce that if you have little events happen. Um, right. Or they can take it all away. But in general, it's 250 for a quarter. But now they turn around and tell me that they're not going to pay it until the year is up, and yet I haven't seen anything. So what's the modality? So if you
1: have a, an agreement with them that to pay... Uh, a certain amount of money and they cho- and they break that agreement they stop paying it just like with any other contract, that's a breach of contract meaning you could take legal action against them for the money owed to you. The problem is not really a legal one the problem is a practical one because you may say, well, I work for this company, I'm not comfortable taking legal action against them yeah. And obviously that's understandable, but you absolutely could because no, they can't just decide to change the deal. They can't just decide to not pay you what has been agreed upon. So one of the things you may want to do is see if you can talk to them, or if that doesn't work, see if I can give them a bit of a kick in the pants, you know, say, well, you got to do this kind of or else, and hopefully we can avoid legal action because, no, they have to pay it.
2: Does that have to be in writing, that agreement, or those No, it does
1: not have to be in writing. It does not have to be in writing. And 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 the kind of the the proof is in the fact that they've done it before. If they had never paid it, it'd be difficult to show that there was an agreement. But if they've paid it then we know that there was an agreement,
2: right? I have that information for years and years past that they've been Mm. paying until this year. Yeah, so so you
1: have that option and if you need my help to kind of push them a bit, uh, connect with me off air, happy to help.
2: I would love to do that. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Gerald. Two good questions. Appreciate you uh, taking the time today as well. That number, one uh, 855 Again, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on to uh, some very common questions leora gets uh, day in, day out in between our phone calls. Uh, number two, again, kind of related to what's going on recently, do I have to accept going on a temporary layoff?
1: Very, very common question. I mean, it's always yeah. been a common question. It's been that much more common during COVID-19 because employees have been put on layoffs. back, Going back to March 2020, when the pandemic started, up until now, with the more recent closures, employees have been put on temporary layoff. And it's easy to think, well, if my employer puts me on it, what are my choices? I don't have a choice. You do. A temporary layoff is not something your employer has a right to do Uh, even if it's because of COVID-19, even if it's, as the name suggests, only temporary. So if you're put on a temporary layoff, you have two options. Option number one is you can accept it and wait and hope you get called back to work. The other option is you can choose to treat that as a termination. You don't have to wait at all. You can treat it as a termination and get severance. If you want to do that, especially if you've already been waiting for a while, let's talk right away.
0: And we're back. Good to have you along as well. You got lots of time to call through, ask your questions. It is toll free, by the way, 1-877-399-9898. Email address works as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lior Samfiru here again this week, always answering your questions. The most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country, Samfiru to Mark and LLP. Reach out. 1-855-821-5900. The option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is a great website. Built that a couple years ago and wrapped up into that is also the severance pay calculator. Ever wonder what you'd be owed if you get severance? If you let go, don't scratch your head. Don't ask your neighbor, Steve. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Get that severance pay calculator working in about 30 seconds. You'll have an answer at the bottom. It's a, it's a beauty. But we get back to our topic for the day, or And it's a good one. Some most common questions you've been getting uh, for quite a while. Some really common as of late. Next one is this. What can I do if I think, I believe that my boss is kind of setting me up in order to fire me?
1: So first of all, the there's not much that you can do if your boss, if your employer wants to fire you. If they want to let you go, what you can do is to put yourself in a position to ensure that you're not being let go for cause. That if you are let go, you're going to be owed severance. Oftentimes, when an employer is trying to you know, set you up, if you will, they're not doing that so they can let you go because they can let you go without setting you up. They can just wake up in the morning and let you go if they want. They're, they're trying to set up things so they could potentially let you go for cause without severance. So you may now all of a sudden be getting negative performance reviews or maybe criticisms about what you did or didn't do wrong. There's a, a file being built against you. Maybe you're put on a performance improvement plan. So if you feel that those things are not being stacked up against you, it, chances are your employer is building up that case so they can try to let you go for cause. Let's remember, first of all, that le- being let go for cause is very, very difficult. It's reserved only for the worst offenders. So even though you may have done something wrong or a few things wrong, that does not mean your employer can legally let you go for cause. They're still going to have to pay severance. but. All that said, if your employer is building a case against you, you can't just be silent because silence is the same as acceptance. If your employer says you've made these mistakes and you've done a bad job and you don't say anything about it, you may as well have said, yes, I agree, you're right, I was wrong. So if that, if you don't agree with it, if that's not the case, you have to say so and say so in writing. So what do you do? You respond to your employer. If your employer criticizes you, respond in email, in writing, always, always in writing. Employer, you criticized me today about the project. Here's what actually happened. Uh, Employer, you told me that I uh, I, I didn't do uh, a good job today. Well, here's what I actually did. Respond in writing. If you get a bad performance review, you don't agree with it, respond respectfully, not in an aggressive way. If you're put on a performance improvement plan, again, respond to it very politely and professionally. Tell the employer what they've gotten wrong and why you disagree with it. By doing that, you're going to make it that much harder. It's already hard, but you're going to make it even harder for your employer to let you go for cause. So if they do let you go, they're going to owe you your full severance, as much as two years' pay. And of course, I've said this before, and I'll I'll put that out there again. If your employer is building up a case against you and not sure exactly how to respond, give me a call, send me an email, let's chat about it definitely call me if you lose your job.
0: If you've uh, you know, done your due diligence and you've, you've written and sent off that aforementioned email to your employer and it's crickets, you get no response. Some people are going to panic. What's the situation then if you don't get a response?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you've done what I've told you to do. You told your employer why did you disagree and you never hear back from them. That's perfectly fine. That's good. I have no problem because remember what I said, silence is the same as acceptance, right? Well, it goes both ways. So if you said something to your employer, employer, here's what you got wrong, here's what I actually did, and they don't respond, that's absolutely fine. They may as well have accepted that. So that's okay. You don't need a response from your employer. You just need to go on record as responding yourself and telling your employer that you're not agreeing with it.
0: If you're catching the show this afternoon in Alberta or BC, love to have you along. You can call in and ask questions live. That's uh, that's part of the reason why we're here, right? Toll free, 1-877-399-9898. Really simple, so do that. And we're talking about some very common questions Lior has been getting for years, answers them all the time. One of these may be a question you're wondering about as well. And the next one as we uh, get down the list here, pal, is my boss is treating me badly, harassing me even. What do I do? So workplace
1: harassment, workplace bullying, a a poison work environment, unfortunately, has become a common thing. Uh, I've been seeing it more and more, uh, certainly now during the pandemic, but even before that. So let's be very clear that that's not acceptable, of course. An employer can't bully, shouldn't bully, uh, has to treat an employee respectfully, has to create a positive work environment. So if you have an, an employer or a colleague that's mistreating you, you have to talk to someone internally. You have to talk to HR, you have to talk to the owner, whoever the right person is in your workplace, because once you do, your employer is legally required to investigate and to take measures to fix that problem. And if they don't, there's going to be legal consequences. So the key here is to document everything in writing. So if you're being mistreated, find a way to document that. When you go speak to HR, I say speak, which is fine, but you follow up with an email uh, so HR, we talked today about the fact that I'm being uh, bullied and mistreated by so-and-so. It has to be in writing. And if you do that and then your employer doesn't respond and you can show that you've done what you were supposed to, I can get involved. There's cons- it could be a constructive dismissal. It can be a human rights violation. There's all kinds of things that you can do. The key here is not to just sit back and, and take it. It's not going to resolve itself. You have to try to deal with it internally. If you've done that and it hasn't solved the problem, I get involved and we deal with it externally
0: again toll-free 1-877-399-9898 we'll grab a call hey Benny thanks for hanging on how are you
3: good thanks uh, I'd like to know what rights a casual employee or a part-time employee mm-hmm. has if they get a letter of criticism from the employer or being bullied I mean Do part-time or casual employees have any rights at all, like the full-time employee? It's a great question, Benny, and they have exactly
1: the same rights. In fact, there's zero difference between a casual employee or part-time employee and a full-time employee. Uh, So if you are getting criticized, again, you would do what I said before. You want to outline why you disagree with it because you want to prevent a situation where you're terminated for cause. If you are let go, you're going to be owed severance. Of course, if you are being mistreated, you have the right to have that stopped. You need to talk to someone. They have to investigate and fix the problem. If they don't do it, I can get involved. But the key, Benny, is that from a legal standpoint, the law does not distinguish between part-time employees and full-time employees. You have the exact same rights.
3: Okay, one more question, okay? How long does a person have to be employed, let's say, on a casual or part-time basis before he can get those uh, uh, questions asked. Say, for instance, you're only on the job three months and you're not on a probationary period. So where does it start? After six months being part-time employed, one year, or how long before you can initiate action like that if you're a part-time
1: or casual worker? On day one. So there's no time limit uh your rights as an employee become uh start when you become an employee so on day one you have rights and you by the way you could have worked for a month and if you're let go you're going to be owed severance so y- your rights don't start after a certain period of time your rights start the the moment you become an employee
3: okay And the final question if sure. you work casually on call for three months you may be put in uh let's say 12 days in three months and the employer terminates your employment with no reason whatsoever and won't give a reason are you really uh, entitled to severance
1: absolutely so an employer does not have to give a reason but they do have to pay severance and yeah even in that situation now the amount of severance may not be huge depending on what you are earning But they absolutely have to pay severance. So, Ben, if that happened to you or to someone that you know and you've been let go, have them call me or you call me off air, and let's uh, let's make sure you get the severance that you're owed. Okay, thank you very much for answering those very important
3: questions.
0: And welcome back, indeed. Uh, toll free, one That is the way to call through. With the remaining time of the show, you have any questions, uh, bring them on. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, that is the firm. And Lior Samfiru, co-founding member of said firm, the most, bio, well, at least the, the most popular and the best Google-reviewed uh, employment law firm in the land, is what I'm trying to say. So you can check that at any time. You can reach out to Lior, 1-855-821-5900. The topic is very common questions that Liora gets asked. And we get this one all the time. Sometimes after someone's heard you say something on the show, Liora, or through email, they say, you know, you always say that employees get so much severance when I go to the government website. The government website says, hey, man, I only got one week per year. What gives? What gives indeed? And this is something that really bothers me and and
1: probably was the main reason why we started this show uh, many, many years ago. So let's be, let's be clear here. Uh, ultimately, the government only advises and uh, all, chooses only to advise with respect to your minimum termination entitlements. Now, those minimum entitlements are just a small portion of your full entitlements, sometimes referred to as your common law termination entitlements. So your full severance is many, many times more your minimum entitlements, and the government can only tell you what your minimum entitlements are. Every employee has greater entitlements than those. So yes, if you, let's say, you use an example, let's say you worked for three years and you're let go, your minimum entitlements may be three weeks and you contact the government and they'll tell you three weeks, except your full entitlements, full legal entitlements could easily be I don't know, six months pay, even eight months pay. Huge difference between six months and three weeks. That's why when it comes to losing your job, when it comes to severance, termination, you cannot and should not ever go get advice from the government or or help from the government because they can only help you with your minimum entitlements, and that's irrelevant. Your full entitlements, they cannot do anything about. For that, you have to speak with an employment lawyer. Now, I understand that sounds self-serving, so I'll put it out there again here's why it's not self-serving because i'm telling you if you don't like me then speak to another employment lawyer that's fine but you have to speak with an employment lawyer when it comes to your severance now if you're dealing with other things overtime vacation pay statutory holiday pay yes the government can absolutely help you with that and you should go to the government when it comes to losing your job you cannot should not ever for that as i said you have to speak with an employment lawyer
0: yeah, I think you stress the employment lawyer part because, you know, the days of, you know, you, you go to your ear, nose, and throat guy for a knee replacement. It's the same in law school. You don't, you don't go to your real estate lawyer if you just, because he's a lawyer, you need some employment advice. You've got to reach out to Leor and his team because it's what they do day in, day out. You know, sometimes there's a case, or another common question where, you know, I've been off off work and I, I've come back and maybe I can't do 100% of what I was doing before. I need some accommodation. My doctor says I need it. Boss says, no, I either can't do it or won't do it. What happens then?
1: So in law, we have this concept under our human rights legislation called the duty to accommodate. And that's probably one of the most important duties that an employer has. Uh, and that is the obligation when it comes to having a medical condition and you can't do your job the way you did used to, your employer has to accommodate. It's not up to them to decide if they want to or if it's too hard. They have to do it. That means they may have to give you modified duties. They may have to give you modified hours that may mean they have to give you some support and assistance to be able to do your job maybe to work remotely for a while they have to make all efforts to accommodate you as per your doctor's advice now in some situations the employer simply can't do it they've tried there's no no ability there's just nothing available fine in that case then they're off the hook But in so many cases, John, literally hundreds of times I've seen this, the employer doesn't want to. They don't feel like doing it. They don't think they have to. And that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So bottom line, as long as you have your doctor's support and you need accommodation, your employer needs to find a way to do it. If they don't call me, that's illegal. There's going to be all kinds of repercussions. So it's not good enough for the employer to say, yeah, no, that's too hard.
0: Reaching out, Lior's team, again, simple, one 821 5900 anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still talking, a few common questions you get uh, daily, if not uh, several times a day. Lior, I work extra hours every week, but I never get paid for them. When does my employer have to pay me overtime? So depending
1: on your uh, province, there's overtime rules. You know, just as an example, in BC, it's either eight hours a day or 40 hours a week. Anything over that, you have to get paid time and a half. Now, but what I want you to remember is this. Overtime has to be pay as lo- uh, paid as long as it's worked, even if the employer didn't ask for it or didn't approve it. If you worked overtime, overtime has to be paid as long as it was legitimate. So an employer can't say to you, well, we told you, or we, we, we didn't ask you to, so too bad, we're not paying it. Uh-uh, mm-hmm. they have to pay you. By the way, even if you're on salary, you have to get paid for overtime. Now, there's certain positions and jobs that are exempt from overtime. For example, managers, usually people that are uh, professionals, doctors, uh, nurses, lawyers, etc. But for most people, you have to get it paid. I'll take it a step further. Even if your employer tells you do not work overtime, but you had to to get the job done, they still have to pay you for it. So you worked it, you have to get paid. Depending on your province, there's overtime thresholds. And if your employer doesn't pay you, Yeah, for that, you can absolutely go to the Ministry of Labor, the Employment Standards Branch, and and get it resolved that way.
0: What if someone's listening now going, oh, that's great, I didn't know that, I've been doing this forever, not getting paid, how far can you go back?
1: You can go back two years. So that's a fair amount of time that you can go back. Uh, If you haven't been paid, you can recover amounts owing to you, and that's true for overtime, that's true for other things like vacation pay and uh, statutory holiday pay. You can go back two years uh, from now.
0: Another common question, Lior, my employer moved offices, shipped up, move. We don't know what's going on. Do I have to move with them or, uh, or what happens if I don't?
1: It's certainly a common question. So an employer yeah. moves and all of a sudden now you realize, wait a second, that's going to change things for me. My commute's going to be different. So it comes down to how this is going to impact you. It's not really about how far the employer is moving. It's how it's going to impact you. So here's kind of a rule of thumb. If your commute is going to increase to work by an hour or more each way, then that's a constructive dismissal. That's the situation where you can say, no, I'm not going to do that, and it becomes a termination. And even though you're the one leaving, the law considers that a termination and your employer has to pay you severance. So regardless of the distance, if you're now spending an hour or more to get to or from work, that's a constructive dismissal. Anything less than that, mm, it's going to be tough to say constructive dismissal, although we should still talk about it. If you find yourself in that situation where your work now has relocated, they closed down shop and opened somewhere else, now it's going to be a lot more commute for you. You really want to give me a call as soon as possible.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned uh, it being a matter of time because, you know, for, for instance, if you and I worked at the same place, we live beside each other, but I take a car, it takes me 10 minutes. you got to take three buses because I'm not nice enough to give you a ride. But you take three buses <laughs> and it takes you another 45 minutes. While they move, that's going to make a huge difference to you.
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I had a, a client uh, a couple of years back, she, an older lady, and she used to walk to work, and she didn't have a car. And the company then moved not that far, but she would have to take two buses plus walk a fair bit to get to work. For her, that's a massive change. For someone else that would have had a car, yeah, not a big deal. Yep. But for her, massive. So definitely a constructive dismissal. That's why the focus is not on how far your employer has moved. The focus is how is this going to impact you personally? If it's going to have a significant impact, like it did with that lady, instead of walking two buses definitely a
0: constructive dismissal. Let's see if we get to one more of these here before we, uh, we go. We got a minute. How many warnings does my employer have to give me before they can fire me? So f-
1: before the employer can let you go for cause, in other words, without severance, in most cases, the employer has to give you some advanced warnings. A good rule of thumb is three. So three warnings in writing uh, before you can or your employer can consider letting you go for cause. And that is because it's difficult to terminate for cause. It's reserved for the worst offenders. So an employer can't just say, look, you did something wrong. You're out of here. If they want to let you go without severance, they have to build up a case and they need several, usually about three advance warnings.
0: Done for the day. Appreciate all the phone calls and correspondence. To Reach out now, one 821 5900 The number, email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, free, anonymous anytime. Get on it. Use it, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time, the Employment Law Show.